Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the Baptist. John came from a community called the Essene community that had separated itself from the world. In all likelihood, it came from this community, and they had lots of ritual baptisms, uh, purifying themselves, awaiting that expected mighty act of God. And for whatever reason, the word of the Lord came to John. He left that community and started going out to where people lived and proclaiming the message that had been laid on his heart, prepare ye the way of the Lord. His vision was of land being flattened out, mountains being brought low, valleys being laid up, so that the journey home from exile, the journey home to God, the journey home from wilderness, the journey home from sin, would be immediate and obvious and quick and safe. And, 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 and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. He, how does he want those people to prepare the way of the Lord? The answer is he wants them to repent. Repentance is the way to repair the way of the Lord. But this word repentance means turning. It's, it's, he wants us to turn our lives or orient ourselves again and anew toward what really matters such that we can live more courageously, more faithfully, more generously, more freely, more openly, more, more lovingly than in the past. And so it's not so much a message that says repent, like say you're sorry for all your sins, well, that's a perfectly good thing to do, but, but it's not so much about doing that and then kind of waiting for God to do something. It is more a message that in repenting, in orienting your life, you will see the salvation of God. You will see the salvation of God in the act of turning toward what really matters. Some of you will have seen, I hope, or expect a, a wonderful film called The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. And if you haven't seen it, you might want to put it on your bucket list. as a marvelous cast, Judy Dench, Maggie Smith, Bill Nye, and a bunch of others. And they play uh, a group of uh, retirees who have moved to a retirement hotel from England, and they've moved to a retirement ho hotel in India. And the manager of the hotel is a, is a young man called Sonny, played by Dev Patel, who was also in Slumdog Millionaire and other films. And one of his catchphrases is something like this. He says, everything will be all right in the end. If it is not all right, then it is not yet the end. <laughs> and <laughs> we're not looking for a mighty act of God that's going to finish everything off. St. Paul acknowledges that the great act of God for which we're preparing to celebrate in the birth of Jesus is by no means the end. I'm confident, he says, that the one who began a good work in you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. But in the meantime, it's not the end. We know that after Christmas Day, life will continue to hold both joys and sorrows as we navigate the inevitable challenges that life brings. And so this business of preparation is not getting ready for some final state, some steady state, not really getting ready for death. It's not really even getting ready for the end of change. It's much more about a preparation for newness of life, for fullness of life, for abundant life. It's get ready to live because God is acting again, and you will see it as you turn. Now, in this film, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, the pensioners have to decide how to address new circumstances. Their life is by no means over. And some of them arriving in India embrace this brave new world 
finding adventure, finding a new sense of self, kind of getting renewal. And others resist. They stick to their prejudices. They believe that everything they left behind in England was real life. And this Indian business just an awful and unfortunate interlude. Some find happiness. Others have much more work to do addressing and overcoming or failing to overcome their deep resentments about the hand they've been dealt in life. The ones for whom retirement meant a picture of financial security or a picture of being surrounded by loving family or any pictured set of expectations as to how life was going to be, they had to let go of those pictures before they could start really enjoying life. They had to reorient themselves. They had to turn. And not all of them found it easy. And not all of them succeeded. Just one example is a woman called Muriel Donnelly. And Muriel is played by the incomparable and wonderful Maggie Smith. And Muriel is someone who has been in service for all of her adult life, a housekeeper essentially in a grand house, think Downton Abbey. Uh, and after we learned that after training uh, a younger person to do the sort of work she does, she realized that she had trained her successor. And she'd imagined that she would be looked after and cared for by this family to whom she'd given her life. But she was let go as being surplus to requirements. And when we meet her, she is bitter. She's a snob. She's racist. And she's in painful need of a hip replacement. And rather than waiting for six months or more on the national health, she elects to be outsourced to India, oh God, for a quicker, cheaper surgery. And she prepares for her trip by packing her carry-on luggage with things that would speak to her of England. There's cookies or biscuits called hobnob biscuits, and she's got packets and packets of these things. And she's got jars and jars of pickled onions. And, and when she gets to the airport, they take the pickled onions away because she's not allowed the liquids in the jar. But she gets to keep, keep her biscuits. And she gets to India and she overcomes her revulsion of being treated by an Indian surgeon. And her hip's replaced, but she sits in that hotel in a wheelchair day after day after day. But she's looking around at what's going on. She won't go out much. And she notices uh, a woman cleaning. And this woman is an untouchable. And this woman isn't doing it quite to Maggie, to Muriel's satisfaction. He makes a number of suggestions about how she might do it better. Charming woman. And, uh, <laughs> but, but what happens is in time, this untouchable cleaning woman invites Muriel to her home. And Muriel doesn't quite know what to do about that. She suddenly finds herself in the midst, but she won't eat the food, which she thinks is repulsive, gives great offense but has explained to her that she's been invited because the only person who noticed and talked to this untouchable woman. And in time, she relents. I'm really fast-forwarding. She relents, and she gave the woman a packet of her secret stash of English biscuits. And then she started looking at the accounts of a failing hotel and, in effect, became the manager who helped Sonny realize his vision for the place over the disbelief and objection of his interfering and dominating mother. Muriel Donnelly had to reorient her life. She had to turn it around somewhat against her will and became happy in a way she'd really probably never been before. She was truly needed. She was able to use her skills. She was not being used. And soak she was soaking up community among friends rather than soaking up 
racism and snobbery with all sorts of misplaced expectations. She'd made all kind of preparations for her passage to India, only to find they were quite the wrong kind of preparation. She lost her onions, and the biscuits were only truly valuable when she gave them away. Life insurance, retirement planning, making a will, investing for the future, pensions and so on, are all perfectly good things. But they're not really the kind of preparation that helps us in the face of Bernie Madoff, or fiscal cliffs, or economic depression. One of the couples in the best exotic Marigold Hotel were there because they'd invested their life savings in their daughter's internet business, and instead of getting rich, they lost everything, basically. Or at least for that time, they lost everything. And they found their life they could live in England didn't suit them, and so they moved to India. One of them experienced visiting temples, making new friends, getting on with life, but his wife just longed for the day when she could go home, and she's a pretty ugly character, too. She was miserably unprepared, but unwilling to let go of her picture of what life was supposed to be like. She was unwilling to repent. She was unwilling to turn. She was unwilling to discover what really mattered in the face of the challenges that life presented her. So if what we do here is about placating an angry deity, preparing for some kind of steady state and some kind of picture of heaven, then we're likely to find that what actually happens will be a disappointment in some way. It's probably not going to be like that. Preparing the way of the Lord is what we do each week when we turn again toward what really matters by hearing again and enacting the story of Jesus around the table, allowing that to shape our lives. We look for the effect of our worship in our lives, and it includes letting go of sins and other burdens. It includes offering ourselves. It includes laying things aside on the altar for God's transforming grace. It involves practicing generosity, and it involves deepening the gratitude that's in our hearts for full and abundant life, whatever the challenges. St. Paul writes from his prison cell, and this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to determine what is best. John the Baptist says, prepare the way of the Lord. Repent. Turn toward what really matters, and you will see the salvation of God. Prepare the way of the Lord. Repent, and you will see the salvation of God. Let us respond to the gospel in silence and in prayer.